Let's go to the newsmaker line, standing by uh, from Real Clear Politics, their White House correspondent, Philip Wegman. Philip, good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, Philip, somebody just sent me a text a few minutes ago, and they go, I'm pretty sure that Biden thinks this is year 1993, uh, because we were talking about some things that he said about the economy and how we're doing this roaring coming back and how, uh, what was it he said, that inflation is actually down like 90, or 65%. And I'm like, what tea leaves are you looking at? Uh, how are you getting all this? Uh, but he does it, and nobody calls him to task on it. <laughs> so um, this is a regular question that the White House Press Corps puts to the press secretary. They ask, if things are so much better, yep. if things have improved, like you have said, why is uh, the American consumer not feeling it? And look, according to some metrics, uh, inflation, well, not according to some, according to all metrics, uh, inflation has eased. Uh, you know, we, we haven't yet seen a significant recession, but just because inflation has come down, you know, uh, three or four points from where it was previously, it still is a lingering problem. And people are still feeling it uh, when they, they pay at the pump, when they go to um, pay their groceries. Uh, or, you know, even, you know, the younger generation who perhaps wants to, you know, apply for a mortgage for the first time. You know, they are seeing things um, that previously were attainable uh, becoming more and more out of reach. And so the White House would like to, um, you know, th- they say that there's more work to be done. Uh, but in their minds, this is sort of a, a messaging problem. They want to present the argument that things have improved and will continue to improve. And their hope is that inflation will be in the rearview mirror, that um, you know rates will have steadied, and that they will have achieved the so-called soft landing, um, you know, sometime next year as we head into the election. Yeah, um, here, here's what I think people want to know: how well they're doing. Um, I remember uh, you're you're too young; you don't remember. I remember in 1978 and 1979 under Carter. And God bless their family and everything, losing Rosalind in the last couple of days. And they had her funeral today, so blessings on them. But as a president, um, he was not the greatest thing that ever happened for us. Um, And a lot of it was financial. I remember, Philip, that car loans got to the point that before Reagan got in, they were over 20% on the interest rate. Over 20%. I talked to a guy one time, this has probably been 20 years ago, he was a Lincoln dealer. He said, you have no idea what it's like until you try to sell a Continental and the, the interest rate's going to be 21.35%. He said, good luck. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, okay. but, but, if, but, but if it is as Joe Biden says it is, if it is as, as uh, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre says it is, why aren't people flooding car dealerships? Why aren't they running out there and saying, oh, it's so much better than it ever was. This is the time to turn in my trade, and this is the time to buy the new car, because now I can get a new car loan at, I mean, when I finished paying off my car loan, which I did last month, um, I think my interest rate was 6%. And you couldn't get 6% now if your life depended on it. I think car dealerships everywhere are going to hate this segment. But, uh, you know, not only is it more expensive to get the loan for a car that previously um, would have been within reach for families, the big EV push that the administration has banked on uh, has slowed. We've seen a number of manufacturers admit that 
uh, some of these electric vehicles are piling up on lots, that there's not a demand for them. So that's that's another frustration here. Um, you know, the, the White House, they will say, uh, yes, things have improved. Inflation has gone down from its peak, and they hope that things will return to a pre-pandemic uh, level, that, that things will start to even out, and that some of these uh, exorbitant prices will be a thing of the past. Um, and certainly, you know, we've seen that, uh, for instance, in the, the used car market uh, where prices have come down. But um, I think that, you know, there are moments where, you know, you enter into the voting booth and you make a decision. Right. And you think back on significant moments in the previous year. And one of those significant moments is likely for some people whether they had to turn down uh, a loan for a vehicle just because the interest rate was so exorbitant. Yeah. Or, you know, whether they had to, um, you know, stay in uh, their current home, uh, even though they outgrew it, because a, a mortgage is just unattainable right now. Um, certainly, things could change. And uh, frankly, um, you know, Republicans need to be careful that they are not perceived as being in a situation where they're almost rooting for the economy to remain stagnant or to, to slow uh, so that they can have a you know better November next year. Republicans have to be making a positive argument now as they control the House of Representatives for ways that they can improve things immediately, not just bank on you know um, some of this malaise leading to political power for them later. You know, I, I get with Corinne Jean-Pierre, I get the stress that she's under. There's a certain line that you have to come out of that room that this is what you said and this is what you pushed. I get all that. Uh, I don't want her job. I don't know that I want her job even if Donald Trump is the president. I just don't want it. But do you ever this, – this is, this is a come clean moment for you. Do you ever find yourself sitting in that room and she starts making some of the comments that she makes, some of the claims that she does, and you could feel under the breath giggles happening around the room? Uh, I think the press corps is pretty disciplined. No one's giggling at the press secretary. But this is a a frustration with both Republican and Democratic administrations. The the ideal press secretary would be someone uh, who would explain what is going on, what the administration is doing. And in an ideal world, this is just someone who would inform the public. Uh, But, you know, frankly, these spokespeople both for Republicans and Democrats, they're not just there to, um, you know, inform the public about what the administration is doing. They're also there to put their boss in the best possible light. So I think that um, that consideration is baked into things. And certainly the administration can bring bar graphs and data that shows that, um, you know, from the, the 2021 and 2022 peaks of inflation that things have improved. But that doesn't change the fact that there's still lingering frustration um, among consumers and voters and um, sort of this uh, this festering belief uh, among more and more Americans. And this is reflected in polling uh, that the next generation, that their children will not have as good uh, of lives as their parents. I don't hear maybe I'm maybe I'm trying too hard. I don't hear parents trying to share the hope and the joy, and you can become everything that you want to be moving forward. This is a great country. I think they still tell their kids this is a great country, but I don't think that with great hope, you know, I remember, you probably had your parents do it to you too. 
um, you know, if you're if you're a good boy, if you do everything that you can, um, just know this. If you want someday, you can be president. You could grow up and be the next Rockefeller. If you put your nose to the grindstone, there's no end to what you can become. I don't. I don't hear those comments anymore. I, anymore, it's like you need to learn how to, you know, take care of your money because it's not going to be there for you if you don't take care of it. And I mean, it's it's just not the same stuff. Well, I, I I'll know that things are are really dire when parents start telling their children that they can grow up to be journalists. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the, the next generation is better career. You, you, you don't think anybody's going to come grabbing for your job? Is that it? <laughs> um, I, I think that, uh, you know, these last couple of decades, um, we've seen tremendous shocks to the system, uh, beginning with, you know, the, the wars overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan, the financial crisis, and there has been an ongoing rolling distrust in institutions. Yeah. And I think that Biden, um, if you listen to some of his, his optimism and quiet conservatism, he will say that the United States is still uh, the greatest nation on earth. He will point back to um, the Declaration and the U.S. Constitution and say, this is what makes us unique and this is what makes us great. I think that there is um, a real appetite to improve things, uh, to argue that Hey, we might be in a rut now, um, but you know, uh, sunnier days are ahead. Uh, the problem is, I think that, uh, and this is reflected in polling, and we see that the president has, um, you know, his approval numbers remain underwater. Uh, there's a frustration that it's not happening sooner. It's not happening more immediately. And so, I wouldn't be surprised if some families um, are are saying, uh, you know, moderate your expectations. Uh, be prudent with your your plans for the future. Have a backup plan. Yeah, let, let me let me change channels here for a little bit. I, I want to get into something here about some of the backers now moving toward Nikki Haley. Before I do, before I leave uh, the income, the last time you and I met at the Dubliner restaurant in Washington D.C. and I got the uh, chicken pot pie, which I desperately love. It was eighteen dollars, and this morning it's twenty two dollars. Oh, is it really? Yep. So that keeps. I'm sitting here looking right at their menu. So that keeps going up. I can't afford to go to the doubler, Philip. Okay, that's what this president is doing to me. So, <laughs> um, well, you know. I, by the way, I think that you know the Washington Post um, was dismissive in a recent story about the rise in cost of fast food. Right. And um, it won't surprise you to find out that uh, the Washington Post staff, um, at least in Washington D.C., uh, I don't think that they are regular. Um, customers of McDonald's or Burger King, uh, but they sort of dismissed that. They sort of hand-waved it away. Uh, inflation is coming, and people are feeling the pinch, Yep. Um, especially when it comes to, to not just a nice chicken pot pie, but a, a value meal. Oh. Uh, and it's not just that. It's across the board. Yeah, let, let's be honest. It's a fabulous chicken pot pie. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, let's go to here to where Charles Koch um uh, billionaire Charles Koch is throwing his money uh, behind South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley in the Republican presidential primary. Now, let me throw out a couple of thoughts here, and then you pick it up and run with it. Is this a surprise to you? Because I don't think that Koch Industries thinks that she will be the candidate on the top of the ticket, unless, God forbid, something should happen to Donald Trump, um, but that she might very well be in line to be his 
running mate, or this might be setting her up for four years from now. Is this a good move by them? Is their money going to a good place? You know, I, I, I'll wait to say whether or not this is a good return on the dollar, but it is more than anything else an indictment on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He was seen as the Trump alternative. Right. And we have seen so many donors, so many billionaires say, all right, you are not getting the job done. Previously, um, the uh, Koch network was very friendly with DeSantis during his race for governor. Uh, now that they, they've moved on, uh, I'm not certain that this will lead to a big boost for Nikki Haley, because think about it. The left is inclined to dislike the Koch brothers because of, you know, their dark money spending. Right. And on the right, uh, there are some conservatives who are frustrated with the Koch brothers libertarian leanings on things like criminal justice reform. So does this mean that a lot of votes are suddenly going to become available uh, for Haley or that, you know, any donations would, would allow her, um, you know, the, the fuel that she needs to get closer to the finish line? I'm not certain. Um, it could be more of a liability, but more than anything, uh, it fits the pattern of donors saying DeSantis is not getting the job done. Right. Or a Trump alternative, we need to look elsewhere. I have I have a thought on that and on Haley. Let me throw them out. You do whatever you want with them. Uh, I think DeSantis is a little tied up. He's a little hogtied here in being able to separate himself from Donald Trump because it's not as if he's from a different state than Donald. They're from the same state. So mm-hmm. they're sitting there subdividing a lot of the same uh, appeal of the state of Florida and, and what they're doing. And do you think that if, in fact, Nikki Haley, or she's not going to catch Trump, but by the time they get to Iowa, if she's definitely on a northward bend, do you think he was going to have trouble going after her like he did Hillary because Nikki Haley is not Hillary Clinton? Uh, Nikki Haley was the rare Trump alumni to leave the administration with an endorsement from the former president. Right. I'm not certain that he knows what to do uh, with her as a candidate. She doesn't lend herself to some of the same attacks. So we'll see how he deals with her later on. Um, she is set up now, uh, currently though, you know, to uh, be competitive in Iowa. Maybe not win the whole thing, but be competitive there. Be competitive in New Hampshire, and then um, return to uh, her her home court where she has an advantage in South Carolina. And the theory of the case among the Haley folks is that if she uh, places, you know, uh, first, second, or third in Iowa and New Hampshire, that she can build momentum into South Carolina into uh, Super Tuesday and really compete with Donald Trump. We'll see if that's true. But you, you mentioned a second ago Trump and DeSantis being from Florida. And I think that's really interesting for another reason. Um, they don't just share geography. They share a general uh, political instinct. And I, it's interesting because during the general debate between Biden and Trump, Trump was hitting Biden over the head and saying, you're a democratic socialist. And Biden responded, no, I'm not. I beat that guy. That guy being, of course, Bernie Sanders. Right. Sort of keep that wing of the party at arm's length. It would be incredibly difficult for any Republican candidate these days to stand on a debate stage with Joe Biden and say, I'm not MAGA. I beat the MAGA guy. And I think that's a reflection of how Trump has remade the Republican Party in his own image. Last quick question. Let me ask you. I was talking to Philip Wegman from Washington, D.C. Um, is it is it possible that should, and this money from the Koch network won't hurt her, uh, but if, in fact, 
she has a big showing in Iowa. Let's say she comes in second. Let's say she comes in second or third in New Hampshire, and the next stop is her home state. Is it possible that that's when DeSantis will have to leave the platform? Yeah, DeSantis has made Iowa his Alamo, and if he has a poor showing there and in some of those other early states, um, you know, he, he certainly has the infrastructure. But at some point, these candidates, if they run out of money without putting points on the board, they're going to have to bow out. I don't know if DeSantis is at that point yet, uh, but certainly there are some donors who are expressing uh, frustration with both the way his campaign and his super PAC have been run thus far. Yeah, I think you're right. Philip, as always, appreciate you. We'll talk again next week. Have a great week. Have a great weekend coming up, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Philip Wegman from Real Clear Politics. Back with more straight ahead. Podcasts by Federated Media.